Hey there, you're in the right place. This is Finding Ground, and I'm your host, Rachel Moore. We're going to have a good podcast today. We're going to be talking about um, a melancholy and affection, and we're also going to be talking about how Jesus had said, love your neighbor as yourself, but what if you don't love yourself? Well, stay tuned. Here we go. So the affection area of our lives, uh, it kind of describes like how much uh, affection you need and how much you can express towards other people, towards close relationships, and just people around you, including your spouse and um, even the workplace area. Some people need a lot of affection and some people need just a little and they can get by. So what we're talking about today is a melancholy and affection and you could probably guess that they're not going to be the people who need a ton of affection um, like a sanguine would but in general these are usually the things that happen with a melancholy in affection they rarely show or want physical expressions of love and affection they're they usually like to do something for somebody um, and that's how they show their love and affection. Um, but if the if you're all over them all the time, they're gonna get really, they're gonna they're gonna start to turn to their weaknesses instead of their strengths because they just can't handle that much, well, that much affection because it just really it it just totally oh well kind of turns them off basically. Um, they have very few deep personal relationships. And that includes their spouse and their children. And um, there's just maybe one or two really good friends. And they can take affection from them, but at a limited ability. Um, They're very tender. They have very deep and tender feelings, but struggle to express them. So it's very hard for them to express them. But they do have love and they have the, the feelings that you would expect from anybody, basically. Everybody needs affection. Um, and... If shown too much love or love and affection, they feel crowded and they feel like their space is being invaded. The The way that they express it is by performing tasks and being responsible or dependable upon the people that love them and that they love. There are a few strengths. Well, there's, their strengths are that they're very, very loyal. They are self-sacrificing in deep relationships and, well, as in the as a man in mankind as a as a whole they are very they care a lot they're very sensitive and able to emphasize with the feelings of other people the melancholy is very sensitive they have a lot of feelings and a lot of things going on so they can emphasize or they can empathize really well with many people now the weaknesses that occur in a um, melancholy in affection, they tend to be an observer in deep relationships. So they get their energy is kind of running low when it comes to affection. So for these people, um, they, they have a really low self esteem to start out with. And so it's really hard for them to express their love 
because they are afraid that they're going to be rejected. And then that just like their thinking process just continues to pull them down and down. And so it's really hard for them to express their love if they feel like they're not in a safe place or um, not going to be responded to as well, or if they're going to be rejected. And when they are rejected, um, anger and vengeance is one of the big things when it comes to a melancholy ineffection they have to watch out for because it is very easily um, triggered in them when they don't have the control over like how much love and affection is being, um, well, how much they're permitting and how much is being put on put on them. So they have to have control of that, or they will turn to their vengeance and their anger. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys know anyone? Do you know anyone who sounds like a melancholy in affection? Uh, I know that I'm a sanguine in affection, so I need a lot of love. Um, for and the amazing thing is that my husband is a also a sanguine, so there's a lot of love going around our house. But um, for affection, it, when it comes to melancholy, it's gonna be there's love being shown through tasks and different things, um, not so much hugging, kissing, and I mean they do hug and they kiss, but it's not as common as you would see with somebody with a different temperament than that. Um, so I hope that was explained well, and I hope you can see somebody now through different eyes and be able to understand where they're coming from when it comes to their affection area. And it sounds like I'm saying infection, but I'm saying affection. Uh, but um, so that is the wrap up of our getting to know you. We're going to continue into what it means when you don't love yourself and how are you supposed to love your neighbor if you can't even love yourself? Here we go. So here's the verse that we're going to focus our um, the, the guts of this episode with. It is Mark 12, 30 through 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Okay, so I have... I have actually walked through and I've walked with a lot of my clients who have no love for themselves. They actually loathe themselves to a point where they think they're worth nothing, where they don't even want to wake up in the morning and where they can't see past how, um, how horrible they are. Or th Those are true feelings. Those are feelings that people have. I've had them at a point in my life and there's there's so many of us out there that have these feelings so when it comes to this verse and um and god is asking us to love love our neighbor as ourself that's kind of difficult because we don't love ourselves. and if we're at the point where we don't love ourselves, then how are we supposed to love those around us we don't really understand what love is at that point and um discovering what love is and getting to a point where we can see ourselves through God's eyes 
helps us get to a point where we can love ourselves in order to love other people well. When I talk about loving yourself, I'm not talking about um, the pride and the, you know, the song Love Yourself. Um, I'm not talking about that type of love. Um, I'm talking about seeing yourself through God's eyes, being able to see where your hurt is coming from and the things that you don't like about yourself and understand where that all came from and get to a point where you can give yourself some grace because giving yourself some grace is probably the first step into uh, loving yourself the way that God wants you to love yourself. And that's not a prideful love. Again, it's not a prideful love. It is um, a godly love, loving yourself as God loves you. And that doesn't mean that you think that you're the best person in this world and that you are, you should be all to everyone. That's not, again, that's not what we're talking about. We, we need to get to a point where we can see ourselves through God's eyes and see like he made us for a certain reason that he created us to be who we are and he created us to, to be used by him. And once we can get to that, that point, then it's easier to love other people and um, I know for me, this took me years to get to a point where I loved myself. And even saying it now, it's kind of hard, but um, I do love myself. And you should love yourself because God created you and you, you are good. You are created good. You are created beautiful and you are created wonderful. And that is his promise. It's biblical. And it's something that you have to believe. You have to get to the point where you believe that. And sometimes it takes sitting in front of a mirror and saying that verse over and over again. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am beautifully and wonderfully made because that is God's word. And that is what he says about you. Sometimes that's what we have to do. Get in front of the mirror and say that because we have trained our brain to say, I'm so ugly, I'm so fat, whatever it is, all these lies that you've been telling yourself, these are making you see yourself through through somebody else's eyes, somebody who is not good and usually falls in the line with the name Satan, but um, you do not want to believe those lies because the, the more you believe them, the more it gets stuck in your head and the harder it is to get out. So you have to just take the first step, take the first step, give yourself some grace Look in the mirror and say, I am beautifully and wonderfully made. If you have to keep saying it over and over again, please do that because it's important that we start retraining your brain so that you can get to a point where you love yourself the way that God needs you to love yourself. So what does loving yourself look like? If you've never been able to, no one's ever shown you love, no one's ever shown you um, how to love yourself the proper way, the godly way. Um, it kind of looks like this. You know how we care for ourselves. We get up in the morning, we take a shower, we um, eat food, we take care of our bodies, we take care of our hair, and all the other things that we do to take care of ourselves. We educate ourselves in order to to learn more and to know more, to get a better job, and all these things. These are the ways that you need to love yourself. Now, if you think about it, when you're depressed, um, usually people who are depressed, they stop dressing up. They start stop doing their hair. They stop doing their makeup. They stop showering. They can't even get out of bed. That is not loving yourself. That is loathing yourself and um, 
not being able to function. A lot of that is chemically induced, and we've talked about this before, but um, and that's depression. But that's a, it's a very good example of what loving yourself looks like because you can get out of bed in the morning, you can get up and you take care of yourself. Um, and you're respecting yourself, basically, and you're having a sense of self-worth. Your worth um, is is shown by getting up and going and doing what you, you got to do, even if it's just taking care of your kids, which is a huge, huge job. Um, even if it is going to work daily or just getting up and making a cup of coffee and just those are easy first steps into um, loving yourself. And that's how we, in order to love others well and to, to serve others, we need to learn how to love ourselves. And um, also to do the things that we need to do by taking care of ourselves, um, taking care of our health. And this is not, again, prideful or selfish. This is what we, what God has called us to do in order to be used by Him daily. And it's important. I know that um, for for so many years, because I had not loved myself, I thought that I was being selfish and prideful by even getting up and taking care of my hair or um, trying to look nice for my husband. And I kind of had a warped view of this, and I know a lot of people do when it comes to people who are suicidal and um, who just can't get through the day even thinking one good thought about themselves. But again, those are all lies. God made us to be in His image and we're in his image. That means when he lives inside of our hearts, that means that we are beautiful and we are wonderfully made. And to say anything other than that would be a lie. And that would be Satan is winning. And we don't want that. We don't want that in our lives. And we want to be able to be used by God. So we need to see ourselves the way that God sees us. So that's very, very important. So let's get on with this. So I want to end with reading this verse because I think it's the most, well, it is, it's the perfect, it's the perfect description on how to love yourself the way that God has intended us to love ourselves in order to love others. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And as for prophecies, they will pass away. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But love will not pass away. So love never ends. And um, that is something that we need to remember. Even though we may have been told from the time that we were born, that we were nothing. Um, that is not the truth. God has the truth, and the truth is written in front of us and in our Bibles. And we can take that and start to retrain our brains into loving ourselves in a healthy way and the way that He intended it to be so that we can love others. And yes, I have repeated a lot of this because I really want it to get into your head that what you're hearing is truth. And 
what we need to be doing is is continuing to to see ourselves through God's eyes and not our own eyes because it it's it's very jaded especially when you don't have the love and the affection and everything that you need when you're growing up it's very our our view is going to be very jaded so i just want to teach you how to to get that view back into the perspective where it's supposed to be. So I hope you enjoyed our podcast for today, and I really look forward to our next one. I would love to hear feedback. Um, you can find me at findinggroundcounseling at gmail.com, or you can go and find me on Finding Ground on Facebook, and um, or you can go to my website, and, and that's www.findingground counseling.com you can reach me there i would love to hear from you and maybe even have you on one of our episodes and i look forward to hearing from you and to our next episode have a great day